listeners, and welcome to episode 29 of Creativity Lives Here, a podcast designed to support you with tapping into your peak creative potential. There's been a number of times in my life when I've read a book or took a class or listened to a podcast episode, and I felt like I hadn't only gained more knowledge in that area, but also like I experienced a transformation and healing on a deeper level. That's exactly how I felt after today's conversation with Fabia Bachmann. Fabia is a cyclical living and menstruality expert, a yoga teacher, an economist, and she's also currently studying psychology and religious studies at the University of Zurich. A big piece of Fabia's work is about seeing the menstrual cycle as the gift that it truly is. And in today's conversation, we dive really deep into what that means, as well as so much more. We also talk about how we can integrate cycle awareness into what feels like a very masculine world, practicing menstrual awareness at the workplace, what the four seasons of the menstrual cycle are, and how you can apply this awareness to your daily life. And of course, always bringing the conversation back to creativity, we also talk about how we can apply this wisdom to our creative process and our creative projects. Fabia is an absolute joy to listen to, and she shares about this topic with so much wisdom and humor. One of the things that I love about Fabia's work is that she makes cycle awareness feel so accessible. I walked away from this conversation with her feeling like I could easily start applying some of these concepts into my daily life, and I think you'll feel the same way. I also definitely recommend having a notebook and some pens or maybe your phone or your computer to take some notes nearby. Literally, when I was editing this podcast episode, I simultaneously had a notebook by my side and was taking notes, and eventually I had to discipline myself just to edit <laughs> and not take notes, so I think I'm going to have to actually re-listen to this episode just so I can take notes of all the wisdom that Fabia shares. There's really so much in here, and I think it's I think it's going to rock your world. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Another thing that I want to mention is that since my conversation with Fabia, I've had so many more questions about this topic pop into my consciousness. So I'm actually already thinking about having Fabia on a second time if she's game, of course. So if you have any questions after listening to this conversation, feel free to just send me a DM on Instagram, or you can also message me via my website. I'll include links for both of those in the show notes. Um, yeah, I really have a hunch that you are also going to have questions about this topic because it is just fascinating. And if I find that we get enough questions, I will definitely ask Fabia to come on again. Other than that, before we dive into today's conversation, I am going to still put a sweet request from my heart out there. If you've been listening to this show and you've been enjoying it, it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review it on iTunes. This really helps me in terms of getting the word out there and so more people can discover these episodes and benefit from them. So I'll include a link for that as well in the show notes. I'm truly so grateful that all of you are here and tuning into this podcast. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening to this incredible conversation today. So without further ado... Let's dive into this amazing, paradigm-shifting conversation with Fabia Bachmann. I've always sort of had these two um, parts of myself that 
on the one hand side being like super interested since I'm a child about banking and financing and how people spend their money and how companies work. Like, why are there even companies? Like all of these aspects of um, how the economy works in one sense. And then on the other side, I had this really um, completely different, in a sense, uh, part of myself, which is really, really closely connected to nature, uh, very intuitive, very much appreciating silence and um, feeling and flowing. And yeah, and I guess for, for a very long time, I was I was always living in one aspect of myself in that sense, um, at the cost of the other. Right. So it was really, yeah. I mean, I ended up, um, studying banking and finance, which is, yeah, probably quite as, um, non-intuitive as it goes. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I love it. You know, I still really appreciate these things and, um, this side of myself. But I just, as I've grown older, I guess I've come to see that, um, I need uh, both of these aspects or I wish to have both of these aspects in my life. And I think it was when I was um, working in a job, traveling Europe, Middle East, um, and Africa, and um, being on the road quite a lot, and really a bit losing touch with this other aspect of myself, where, you know, then it was really my body that was revolting, that was sort of, you know, coming up with all these little things, um, like backaches and sleep problems and... Um, just little things, but just like signs that sort of told me, you know, this is, this is not, this something is off. Yeah. And from there, it was, um, just one bold decision of, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I just need to figure out, you know, what's happening. And, um, I did that. I spent one year pretty much at home. Um, just looking at the window, I remember it was like a little courtyard and I'd just be watching the birds. They put out a little bird um, uh, nest where they can eat. <laughs> I put out food and I'd just be watching them and I'm really just getting in touch again with this other aspect of myself. I mean, now that I talk about this and also um, do a lot of work with these two aspects, I feel that this is a topic that is present for, for many of us, you know, that we're looking sort of for this balance or this integration uh, in today's world. So as I was just sitting there and watching my birds, there was a huge shift inside of me that and some really deep revelations for me at that time. And um, from there, it's really been an exploration on the yogic path, on the Buddhist path, on just leading me down like lots of different roads. And I mean, there were many ups and many downs. And, you know, it's a really windy road that, yeah, that then sort of led me to find my way of integrating these two aspects. And a big part of it is for me the the menstrual cycle, which stands, so to say, as an example for the underlying cyclical nature of life. Right? Yes. So I think this is like in a in a nutshell, sort of what or how these paths were weaving together. Do you feel that you originally chose the finance path because that felt like the safer option? Yes. I mean, yes. I think it also had a lot to do the way I was brought up. It was really, you know, like, well, you know, study something that makes sense and where you can earn money from afterwards. And I sense sensible advice. You know, it's, it is an aspect to take into consideration. 
I think it was, yes, it was about safety, but it was also about, for me, a little bit like proving to myself that I can do this. There was always this aspect of that in there as well. Yeah. I also find this description of this year that you took to get back in touch with yourself so fascinating because I think that people rarely give themselves permission to just be, and it sounds like that's what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So was this year you really just being in your room watching the birds or did you do anything else during during this time? Uh, I really didn't do that much. Um, It was really, I think one thing that I, or two things that I did, I did a lot of running. So I love running or I use, at the moment I've been not so much running, (laughs) Um, but I'm a runner at heart. And um, so I was just spending a lot of time running. Um, and the other thing was I really started cooking proper meals for myself. So I've always been the type of just rushing, just like, well, I just need to feed myself. I'm hungry, like mm-hmm. what's there, but not really taking time to, yeah, to, to create like a meal for myself that I would for a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And this was really in that year I started like exploring and um, vegan cooking um, and and just found so many amazing um, women and men online that and yeah, like, bought cookbooks and everything. So really dove into that. And I think um, while on some level it's something superficial, you know, but but for me, there was a deeper sense of a self-care of a nurturing also of the body and maybe her deeper needs. I think it's so amazing that you took that year because I could see oftentimes, even if you quit your job, the temptation could be there to go full-blown into, oh, now I want to do my thing and I want to build up my business or I want to build up this project. And I think it's incredible that you had the courage Mm. to just... Tell yourself, no, actually, I first need to get back in touch mm-hmm. with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, doing nothing is really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's difficult, yeah, because all of a sudden there's like all of these things are coming up um, within you. And um, yeah, I, I, in many ways, I think it would have been easier to just do something else. Right, then to, or yeah. for me at least, then to, to fill just the void. be. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So you are a menstruality mentor. Um, and I know you also identify as other things, but yeah. let's just stick with that for the time being. What exactly is that and what does that work look like? Mm-hmm. So it's about seeing the menstrual cycle as the gift it truly is in a sense um it has a lot to do with reconnecting to our own bodies and the cycles that are within our bodies and with that to reconnect also with the cycles of nature and all the other cycles that are working because all of life is cyclical, right? And there's really no straight line or a thing that just always goes up or always goes down. It's always up and down and up and down. And, um, and many times, um, phases come, they go and they reappear. You know, it's like you think, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. And then it comes <laughs> yeah. again, you know, it gives a little bit of a break and then it comes again. And, the, the menstrual cycle really offers us like a map to understand these changes and also understand the um, recurring nature of everything, right? Um, now, the work, how it looks like is um, very multifaceted because I feel because the, the, the cycle is so deeply embedded in everything in all of life it comes from it is life um it's uh, very often or the first step sort of is to just be aware that there is a cycle at all because very often we're tempted to focus on the menstruation part so the part where we bleed 
um, during the cycle. And this is, you know, we all know this is happening because, well, you can see it. <laughs> you, most of us feel it, that it's happening. So we tend to, to focus on this aspect. And in our culture, it's become really common to dismissively talk about it or to see it also as something, oh, it's annoying or I'm, you know, I'm just, trying to pretend this is not happening. I'm carrying on as if everything else was normal. And with that, with this not fully um, embracing this phase in your cycle, you're really also missing out on, on the gifts of the menstruation. So this period in your month when you're bleeding, when your body is shedding the uterine lining, um, but then also of connecting with the other phases that are happening, you know, for all of us. It's, I mean, if you take the analogy with um, nature and the seasons, it would be as if you were only to notice winter. And then the rest yeah. of the seasons, you're just like, well, nothing's happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to, to sort of not, or, to drop into menstruation or the bleeding time really also means if we come back to these outer seasons, as I like to call them, would be if in winter you would do the same activities that you do in summer. So you'd be barbecuing outside until <laughs> 11 at night and, you know, these things that, no, we wouldn't do. Yeah. Right. Um, so... Yeah, so it's a lot about like just it's a lot of aha moments. And when I when I talk to women about it or when we're in a group, it's amazing how many shared experiences we have mm -hmm. and how on some level every woman knows this. It's not something you need to be taught. Mm -hmm. You just need to be reminded that this is happening. Yeah. And one of the things that I really loved that you wrote on your website is that this is not about following a set of rules, but it's rather about just cultivating the awareness of your cycle and then integrating that into your life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I paraphrase that correctly, yeah, but yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, this is really a key aspect because the whole menstrual cycle and maybe a lot also of the story of women um, in our culture has been to take power away from us. And for me, reclaiming power also means trusting your, your inner wisdom. And I am absolutely convinced that we all have this. And so if we are just now, you know, if I were to tell you, well, you know, in winter, this and this is going to happen and this is how you're going to feel. I mean, excuse me, an inner winter, which is an, a, a way of talking about the phases of your menstrual cycle, um, which I'll talk about in a little bit in more detail. But so it would really be if I just give you a list of things well, this is how you should be feeling and this is what you should be doing. These are nice if we can take them as fingers pointing us mm -hmm. to the truth, right? But they're not the truth. And this is really an important distinction to make, um, I guess, with all the advice you're getting, right? It's always just a pointing you towards a deeper truth, Um and, uh, and for me, yes, this means this reclaiming of, okay, yes, I'm just dropping into my body and trusting her to know and to let me know. And in, and in this way, for me, what also happens is that we all have our own timing, right? Yeah. So we can flow with that. Yeah. And we can just see, okay, what is ready now to surface? And then this is what I'm going to be flowing with. It's such powerful work. And it's funny because I I haven't even studied menstru menstruality awareness or what would be the right word to use. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't studied it in much depth, but I can so relate to what you're saying about how most women already know it on some mm -hmm. level, because I have to say that in my own experience, when I started getting more in touch with my body about 12 years ago at this point, 
at the same time, I started becoming more aware of how I was feeling during different points mm. in my cycle without mm-hmm. even knowing anything mm-hmm. about it. And it was mm-hmm. really fascinating. And one challenge that I came up against was integrating this newfound awareness into a very masculine world. And that's still a challenge I yes. face. Yeah. So I'm just so curious to get your input on yeah. how do you do this? Like, what kind of advice do you yeah. give the people you work Well, with? one word or maybe two words. Yeah. Um, micro changes, mm. right? Yeah. So it really isn't about um, changing everything upside down. Um, it's it's also about re- being really realistic about what we can change and what we cannot change. Um, at this moment, this mm-hmm. is always a, a momentary snapshot, so to say. And then to work from there, you know, and this is also a question that I often get because I also, I practice, um, uh, awareness, menstrual awareness at my workplace. And what that means is just that I, I train myself to see what can I change, mm. right? And it's just this slight shift in the way I look at things. It's like, do I really need to do this today or could I move this, you know, and, and making these tiny, tiny changes. And I'm sure that, or I know that my colleagues do not know that I'm doing this, right? Yeah. Because also it's so natural and so integrated and everything. So, um, it's really about these micro changes and, and maybe again here also this just seeing what do I need, right? This is also like, we all have different lives. We have different ways of, um, how much time I'm spending at work, how my work looks like, how much time I'm spending in the family. Am I caring for children? How old are they? Mm-hmm. Just, everybody's so unique in their circumstances. So, it's really just about being able to listen to this knowledge inside of you um, on what you need to change right now. And this is also something I'm amazed about, the cycle. And this has really helped me as a person. Um, I have this tendency of, you know, like wanting to control things and wanting to change it all. You know, yeah. I'm quite like a big thinker, like, okay, I'm going to do this and then it's going to be this big change. And awareness for my cycle has really helped me to know, okay, so this cycle, I'm going to focus on this one thing. Because I know that in four weeks time, I'll have the opportunity to pick something else. I love that. Right. It's really taken a lot of pressure off of my system. I would even say like my whole, um, yeah, my whole being. Um, yeah. And, and we've now sort of covered, I would say the two steps of, um, of menstrual awareness, which is at first just the awareness. Um, and then the second part, the, the micro changes of just starting. So first we're just becoming more aware, like what's happening throughout the cycle within my body and my mind and my heart and, um, my soul. And then from that place we're and it's really like a, a, a letting spring up or like letting come to fruition, this, this deep, um, overflowing of what it is that I would like to change or integrate now in this one cycle. I love that. I love the idea of, of just taking one step each cycle. It's it's so funny because there's so much overlap here with the creativity coaching mm-hmm. work that I do. Mm-hmm. And what I find often is that when you take a small step, it can actually unleash a much bigger change. So it might just look like a small step but you never know how how much that one tiny step can actually change, even in just those four weeks, like you say. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 is definitely also the experience I had. And sometimes, like um, you might get the intuition of of doing something small, maybe just changing your morning ritual, mm-hmm. and then this leads to something completely mm-hmm. bigger. And you're like, "Wow, I didn't even know these two things were connected." Yeah. <laughs> 
because there's energy behind it too. So it's not just like the physical step you're taking in the physical world, but the intention behind it, which can cause this domino effect or yeah. 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 And for me also like this idea of when you, when you now talk about intention, I think for me, it's also been a way of, of setting my intentions and living through them through the cycle. So, so maybe like to, to maybe to dive in here a little bit further. Um, if we are to look at the menstrual cycle, one way to look at it is to split it up in four parts. Um, and again, like keeping in mind, this is a map. This is not like the ultimate truth and this is how it's supposed to be. It's just a map. And for me personally, I think it's an amazing tool to talk about the cycle. And this way of thinking about the cycle was termed by Alexandra Pope. She's written a beautiful book, which is called Wild Power, which is also now available in German um, and in English as well. She's an English woman. Um, and so the idea really is that we split the cycle into four seasons. Um, as we know, the outer seasons um, in, in nature. And I already mentioned this, so the time during the bleeding would be the winter where we sort of withdraw. There's there's a natural lower energy level um, that is present, but there's a lot of potential to really um, be close to your intuition. Also, it's a very meditative phase. Um, so a shout out to all the meditators out there. Um, like try to see if you can notice a change when you meditate during your bleeding time as opposed to other times in your cycle. It's absolutely fascinating, um, uh, the changes that occur there. Uh, yeah, so then, and then like from winter, we come into spring, um, which is then just this period as we know it now, it's now end of March. So it's like this beautiful spring energy and we see the little flowers sprouting out from places where we thought it was, you know, nothing was there and they just come up and it's like this miracle of this newfound energy. And it's the same type of energy that's happening within us of of coming to life again and of, of being a, a flowering up, so to say. <laughs> um, but at the same time, the challenge is to know that while you are coming um, to the surface again and showing yourself in the world again in another way, you're not fully rooted yet, right? You're not like this strong tree that stands there. So you're quite, it's quite a delicate, vulnerable moment. It's maybe also a bit comparable to this phase of stepping from girlhood into womanhood, right? So when you're at the threshold of this and sometimes you're womanish and then you're girlish again. So having that, that energy. And then we move on and we come to full blown summer where there's a lot of energy. There's also a lot of empathy. Um, there's a lot of uh, wish to connect to others. Um, and again, like all that I'm saying now about these inner seasons, they're really just here as um, light towers to sort of to see you where there could be something, but they're not a truth in itself, right? Um, and then from there, from this really expressive phase, um, we move into fall where it's all about letting go where we start to turn inwards, but there are still these beautiful summer days, right? Yeah. That sneak up on you. <laughs> so we have these as well um, in our inner world. And um, yeah, and then we, we drop into menstruation. We drop into this winter energy. And if we're now working with intentions or also creative projects, during menstruation, we're so connected to our deep, inner knowing that we can, from this place, we can let new ideas come, right? It's also this, um, if you, I mean, there's in, in, in the yogic world and also in Hinduism and Buddhism, there's, and also in the Chinese uh, traditions, there's always this ideas of 
um, upward currents or downward currents, right? Yes, yes. And whereas like in the yogic world um, or many spirituality forms, we're trying to come uh, or we're trying to transcend our bodies. So to sort of move from, from this ground, from a manifested world into something not manifested, into something mm-hmm. transcendent. And what we're doing with the cycle is really the opposite. So we're opening up to receive during our inner winter, during bleeding. And from there, we're just letting it flow through us and then birthing it or manifesting Mm. it. Mm. Yes. In this really like downward current. Um, and this is what's this downward current is happening through our cycle. So we're receiving the intention and then it's really this process of moving it down. And in, in the springtime, in our inner spring, so just after menstruation, we're, we're starting to have a grasp of this intention of, you know, we're, we're actually being able to express it. And then from there, we are, we're planning, we're like setting up, you know, this is really, this is real work. This is not just sitting there and not doing anything, but we're doing the, the micro changes that we need to. We're setting things in motion for then in the summer, um, really being in the heart space and creating this connection to the world outside of us, to the people around us, um, to share this idea, to get feedback, to, to be with it. And then getting ready to let go again, right? Mm-hmm. To finish it up, whatever needs to be finished up before we drop it again and just come into this void again to be refilled. That was a incredible description. <laughs> and I wish the audience could have seen all your body language. <laughs> um, as I'm hearing you speak, I get so curious have you applied this wisdom to your own creative projects and what has that looked like? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So how this looks like for me is that in, during my bleeding time, my menstruation, I make an effort to create space and space for me means, um, I more silence, um, or just less doing and more being. So this is the first step, just creating space. And again, here, it's not about having four days of not talking to anyone else. It's about having a few hours for yourself or maybe an evening, taking a bath. And then just um, trying to really cultivate this feeling of being. And then it usually always happens that there is some sort of seed that is planted. It feels like there's something that I know like, okay, this... This is, yes, this is what's happening. And, um, I then, I love, um, lists and planning mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we, we share some uh, common uh, planning yeah. tools. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the forest app. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so then I really sit down and I, I, you know, make my plan. So I have over the years, I've sort of come up with a format that works for me where I have my different areas in my life. Um, and I really, yeah, I plan quite detailed on a detailed level and um, what I would like to do. So this involves, or just to give you an idea, if, if I have a creative idea, I break it down into steps. Um, and then from there I see, okay, which of these steps is best suited to which phase of my cycle? Mm, so I if it's this. about like, yeah, planning, this is the best phase to do it in your inner spring. Mm. So right after menstruation, um, writing texts for your website or your Instagram during your Instagram <laughs> posts, this is also best done towards the end of, of your inner spring. So around like day 10 or 12, usually, I'm talking about like a yeah standard or standardized 28 day month, which is of course not um, the perfect thing to have. Like different lengths are also fine. Um, but yeah, if we were to take a 28 day cycle, I mean, it would be around day 10, 12, usually where um where this just it just feels like it's flowing right 
Yeah, yeah, the words are just like flowing and it just feels very natural um, to go out. And so this is what what I plan then. Always being caution, cautious there about um, you are still this young little plant with not so many roots. So as I said, it, it's a vulnerable place to be and it's important to honor that and to to be quite discerning on what you're sharing with whom. Because sometimes then people, you know, maybe not even with bad intentions, we can really crush an idea <laughs> if you share it too soon, right? Yeah. And that would be sort of the phase. And then, yeah, so you flow into summer and this is then really um, the period of highest energy, like physical and mental energy. It's just a lot of energy. It's for me always means like late nights. I'm usually like, I love to go to bed early, but in my inner summer, I can stay up really late into the night. I need less sleep. So I'm really also then working with this energy. And it's also the energy of, um, of connecting with others. As I said, like we're now at the heart center, so to speak, and about testing your ideas of forming connections of, of deepening these connections. And I mean, any creative project or idea, there's always this element of connection in it, right? Um, so this would then be this phase. And then coming into inner fall, um, there, there are two parts to it. I mean, the inner fall, which is also the, the premenstrual. And this is where, um, Many women have some sort of syndrome or um, have some symptoms that occur, be it like mood irritability or uh, mood swings or physical pain or headaches, uh, migraines. goes to show how, how special this phase is. And I think what makes it so special and why it's a challenge for so many of us is because what we're doing is we're moving from this high energy, high activity to lower energy. And this okay. is something, I mean, if we look at how our culture works, we were, we are trying to be full blown summer women our the whole time. cycle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when this moment comes, when you realize, Oh my, you know, it's, for me, it always feels like, oh my God, like I'm so capable. I can do so much. I have so much energy. Like I'm so amazing. It's really this, <laughs> um, this phase. And then all of a sudden there comes a day where you just feel overwhelmed. You feel like, no, I'm tired. Like, and no, I can't deal with these people right now. I don't feel it right now. It's almost a bit like a shock to the system. And I think mm -hmm. it is this cultural imprint of, this more outgoing energy is more acceptable. Yeah. And is asked of us. We are asked to be super women, you know, yeah. to have work and children and the house is always clean and the children <laughs> are well behaved and everything. So I think it's because of this shift that the time before menstruation can be so uh, difficult for many women. And we have so much like our bodies are revolting because they're asking us to take time, yeah. right? Um, and of course, I'm simplifying this now. And yeah. I also know that there's a lot of suffering around this this period, and the and the suffering is real. So when we are in this in this um, inner fall, there, as I said, multiple things happening. One is that we have this finishing energy, I call it. So it's really this energy or this idea that I need to finish this before something. And there's like a sense of urgency to it. Um, and this can also be, or for me, it always manifests in cleaning my house. It's like this phase where I need to get everything in order. I want to buy food. I want to be prepared. It's almost <laughs> as if like my inner being is preparing for this winter. And this energy we can really use to do mundane tasks. So this would be things like, I don't know, sorting through like paying your bills, uh, sorting through your inbox and just organizing stuff. Mm -hmm. And because there's like this driving energy, all of these tasks can feel very, very simple. And then there's also a very creative energy that's happening there. So there's also a lot of intuitive knowing and intuitive ideas. It's a phase also 
where I, for example, I cultivated by um, making space for my artistic expressions, which for me mean col my coloring book. I play the flute. So these are really like, <laughs> this is really then this phase of um, having this or allowing just this creative energy to come. And um, for the project, as I say, it means very often then I have uh, a new sort of idea where this could go or like a little twist on it. Mm -hmm. And then important, you take it into your bleeding. Like you don't act in, in your inner fall. So you don't act with this premenstrual energy, Okay, but you wait until you are in your spring again. Oh, so what do you mean by you don't act? Like you don't do any of the tasks or you... Um, no, so you, yeah, you do, you do tasks, you finish up. But if you are to have like a creative um, idea ah, of, okay. oh, I could really like, maybe I could offer a new course or, oh, I could, um, even like a project at work, I have that very often where I'm like, oh, I could maybe rearrange it like this mm -hmm. and do it like that or... Um, But then you don't do this, okay. but you take these ideas into your bleeding. So meaning you, you let them go and then you see what, what is still there after your bleeding and what really wants to show up. You yes. are opening just so many inner doors for me right now. <laughs> this is totally transforming the oh. way I see so many. It's incredible. Um, I also love what you set, said about how you can, use this energy for mundane tasks mm -hmm. like the fall energy mm -hmm. because that is something I really struggle with in my creative process is I often feel very bogged down by things I don't want to do mm. but after what you just share with me just knowing that there is actually a time in my cycle where I could be supported in those kinds of things is so freeing yeah Yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I think this is like this amazing thing wow. that everything has its time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um we can and I think I mean you said now that during your cycle or your cycle supports you doing this. Uh, yes. And you are supporting your cycle if you do this oh. then. Right? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So it's like this. Yeah. Oh, wow. And maybe yeah. um just now as uh, as we're talking, I'm thinking, so I was quite adamant at saying like, don't start the project then. Yeah. And maybe like to share a little bit why. Mm. Because what would, what happens is as you go into, um well, two things. As you go into your bleeding time, you have low energy. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have the energy to pick Or to start something new, mm -hmm. right? So you might have the you might have the idea, and then two or three days later you start bleeding. Usually, the first day of bleeding, women still feel fine. Maybe you know you have like some mm -hmm. pain, but and um, from an energy perspective, you're still like there. But then <laughs> two days later, usually the energy drops quite significantly, and then you're gonna beat yourself up. You know, it's like, well, no, and why am I not doing this? And da da da, and and it creates this inner tension, yeah. right? As a, as opposed to just knowing that now is not the time, and trusting it will come again. And there's always another cycle. If it doesn't happen this yeah. cycle, it will be the next. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, and I think we, well, every woman I've spoken to so far knows this. Um, and I think it's also a big contributor to the premenstrual um, syndrome is the inner critic mm. so this voice within us yeah. that is just like no who do you think you are and you're not good enough and all whatever's happening you know mm. i think probably quite unique what we tell ourselves but um it seems universal that we all have this voice within us and especially in creative projects yeah it can come up quite strong right yeah. um and destructive with like a destructive energy yeah. um and so if we then if we have an idea of okay let me like start this new course there's just this big likelihood that our inner critic is then just going like oh you know there's something <laughs> i can snack on <laughs> let me destroy this idea <laughs> right um so yeah that's like the other other sort of reason that I feel why, yeah, it makes sense to wait until, to, until spring. 
This is amazing. This has totally happened to me. And it's mm. just so cool to have light shed on what actually went on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And maybe like yeah. with the inner critic, it's also, uh, or for me, it was really a revelation to see how, how, I mean, we're now splitting the cycle into these phases. And I mean, you could go as granular as you'd like, but even if we have these four seasons, sometimes then it can seem like they're separate. But really, they're not. They flow right? into one another. Yeah, yeah, and what you do in one influences the other. So um, in springtime, so after menstruation, um, it's really also about cultivating, or we have this natural opportunity to cultivate this, well, I like to call it like this rooting for yourself. So it's about like, what is good about me? What are the things that are good about? No buts, no, well, but, you know, it could be better. Or, but no, like, I like about myself that I'm so thoughtful, that I enjoy silence, really being what is good about myself. And in this, in cultivating also this energy and practicing with your cycle in this phase, you're building up like a buffer that then when you come to inner, inner uh, fall, when the inner critic comes up, you can be like, yes, this might be true, but also I am all this, right? You cultivated all this heart yeah. um, um, within you. So there's a lot of interconnectedness and yeah, also the way we bleed. Um, also the pain level can sometimes be um, attributed to other areas where we're, where something is lacking maybe or we're not putting enough attention. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think in, in my case, at least I can't speak for everybody, but um, I feel the pain and the discomfort that I feel during my cycle. I've started to realize that it's also con directly connected to my resisting that time mm. versus just allowing what's happening because the resistance creates just additional strain mm. and zaps my energy even more. Mm -hmm. So, mm hmm yeah. 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 What comes to mind now when you say this resistance mm -hmm. is, I mean, if we think about what's happening also during bleeding, it's a letting go on a very deep level. Like, yeah. And you know, we're really like shedding something. We're, we're like the process loss. of, yeah. yeah, but it's really this letting go. And yeah. so if we're, if we're holding on, if we're tightening, then this process of flowing out, mm -hmm. it's almost a bit like restricted. In a yes, sense, maybe. Yeah. Yes. So you clearly have so much to share with the world. And I know that one of the things you're working on right now is writing a book. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to share a little bit about it? Yeah. Since I made my inner summer, I'm happy to share. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad I caught you at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I've... I've had this idea or this idea came to me that I would like to write a book about, um, and this is my working title, what we should have learned about menstruation and really about reclaiming, um, I like to call it her story, mm, not yeah. his story, history, but her story. And to really see what, what are all the myths that we have been taught and, um, what what could we what could we teach the younger girls so the idea mm -hmm. really for me was like having a, a young niece and maybe one day having my own child i'm thinking what would i what would i tell like a young girl or a young woman and what is this menstrual cycle all about you know mm -hmm. and i feel i mean i've been practicing now um, cycle awareness for over five years, almost coming into 10 years. And every cycle I learned something new and there's so many aspects to the menstrual cycle. It goes so deep. It involves so many different aspects. It's, there's a lot about culture, how we were brought up, how, um, how there's still this split between men and women and, um, how the, how our world is operating on masculine energy yes. and is not giving a lot of space to this feminine energy, um, yet. Um, so 
yeah, just exploring. And it's really like the book really feels like I, it's my inner, it's my exploration also that I'm doing and like trying just to, to, to see all the areas that menstruation touches or the menstrual cycle touches and then trying to make sense of it and creating a new story that we can tell the next generation. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm, yeah, I I feel like that kind of piece of work is much needed right now. Yeah, and I, and I feel it's it's I mean it's like bubbling on the you know, it's almost at the surface. I think that this is really where we are right now as a as a whole, as humanity. Yes. We are at this tipping point yes. where we see, feel, and know that we cannot go on like we did. And there needs to be some sort of other quality of energy that comes in and recreates a balance in the world. And I for yeah, I believe that the feminine qualities and the feminine energies are playing a huge part in recreating this equilibrium. I so agree. And I also believe that the equilibrium is going to happen not by someone imposing like, oh, here's the feminine. But it's right now, everything that you are sharing with me, everything that you are putting out into the world with all of your work and your book that is a piece, I feel, of that equilibrium getting um, recreated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I often think like, why, you know, why am I doing this? Or what is what is my intention? I mean, I'm quite clear on this. It's my morning practice. What is my intention? And my intention really is to inspire other women and to impart this sense of you have this power within you to change something. And if we all, um, and I do, I do think that women there have some catching up to do just because we have a story. We have our, her story of this being taken away from us. And many brave women in the past have worked really hard to, you know, to get us where we are right now. But nevertheless, for many of us, there is still this deep, felt holding back of not good enough a lot of competition amongst women yeah right which is like this i, I once what, what was the term uh sisterhood um oh i can't remember now but it was just talking about this the sisterhood wound it was called mm -hmm. right that we're so used to to playing against each other um, and not with each other, not bonding with each other and, and lifting each other up. And, and I think that through menstruality, we can really reconnect to our own knowing, to our own source of power with, which is within us. And from there, if we all share then the gifts we have, which are so unique, right? Then we can create a new, a new world. And as you said, it will not be imposed on us, but it will have grown from us. Yeah. Organically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, I want to pivot the conversation just a little bit because I want to make sure we still address this aspect of, of your work, which I find fascinating as well. And it's your work with yoga. Mm -hmm. um, so you are a well woman yoga therapist is that correct that's correct yeah, yeah. and a fertility yoga teacher mm -hmm. so what does that aspect of your work look like mm -hmm. um yeah so this is actually how i came to work with my cycle um was that i uh, i am also i'm also a regular yoga teacher so to say <laughs> i'm a yoga teacher and yeah. i have a daily practice and um then usually you do the same thing um, every day. And I just started noticing that, well, you know, I do it first thing in the morning and one day I feel like this. And then the next day I feel different. And sometimes the asanas, the yoga postures feel exactly what I need. And I can sense, okay, there's like a balancing that's happening. And on other days it feels completely wrong. And it almost feels like it's going against a current. It yeah. just feels wrong to do this. 
Um, however, the way I was taught yoga, and I think how we are still teaching it in our yoga studios, at least here in Switzerland, is that um, we are taught to 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 do what the teacher does, and um, to to often do the same practice um, throughout our lives. And I quickly then came to notice that there's a, there's a shift of what my body needs and how the asanas feel during my cycle. So this then led me on this path of um, the Well Woman Yoga Therapy certification, which I did with Uma Dinsmortuli. She's an absolutely amazing, courageous, wild woman. Um, she's also from England and she has created this amazing community and she's written an amazing book called Yoni Shakti. It's huge, but really worthwhile read. Um, and what it's about is how can we integrate more feminine practices into our yoga practice and our own yoga practice, but then also our group classes as a teacher? Like, mm -hmm. how can we, like, what does it even mean? Yeah. What does it even mean? Like, <laughs> what is a feminine practice and what is not a feminine practice? Yeah. And there would be so much to say about it, but maybe just one thing that we already touched upon today was if we're talking about these two currents that we have, a lot of yoga poses that we do is about going up, right? And we might, like, let, let's say we talk about warrior two for, for the yoga practitioners out there, the yoginis and yogis. We are rooting with our feet, but really there's an upward sense, yeah, right? In most yogic uh, poses. And it is the goal of, uh, yeah, of yoga to transcend um, or of one aspect of yoga. And then the other aspect would be more like bringing the energy, like gathering energy up from the earth, from the cosmos or whatever, God or goddesses or whatever's happening for you. <laughs> and then taking this in and into your body and from your body down into the earth. And it's like this shift of, um, of energy. It, yeah. Um, so what it means in, in the yoga practice that it's a lot more, I would, I feel it's less straight. It's not so like we're soldiers and now we're all doing this. It's a lot of like flowing with your hands, doing different gestures. It's also a lot of involving your feet differently in a different way, engaging them in a different way. Um, working with, the energies of your, um, of your uterus, right? Mm. So, I mean, the womb space is something that is completely ne neglected in the yogic teachings and the way we, so we true. have them now. And it's a, I mean, it, it's, it's like this <laughs> own world within us, right? Where so much is happening and it's also the center of our creativity, right? So, um, it's a lot of, um, bringing the connection between your room space and your heart into play, which also then feeds into fertility yoga, right? Yeah. Because this is very often an aspect that is, that is, um, I don't want to say missing. I just feel like we have not been taught to, to honor our womb space. You know, and for many women, uh, the stomach area is also an area of, you know, suck it in, like trying to be as flat as possible and trying to look good. Um, and so we're in a sense always, I mean, this is not, not true for everyone, but there can be a tendency of cutting this area of our bodies off in a way, right? Um, and this certainly was, was true for me. And when I first started working with what is then called the hard womb river, which is a really mm. sacred practice of reconnecting, um, the, these two centers, let's say within us, it was really amazing. Like to, to, it was like, well, this is a part of my body that, I have not felt in this way in all my life, mm -hmm. right? And I think it's also like maybe coming back to my book, this is not, we're not teaching women to, to do this, right? It's like the womb doesn't exist until you have a problem. Yeah, or until uh, you get pregnant. Or until you yeah. get pregnant, but then it also serves this one purpose. 
Yes. So this is sort of um, the things we're doing there. So on the one hand said, how can we make our practice more feminine? What does it even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how can we adapt our yoga practice um, so that it supports our cycle? Mm-hmm. What makes mm-hmm. sense to practice in which periods of your menstrual cycle to, to support your cycle and your well-being in the end, right? Because yeah. for me, I often think that cyc- cyclical living is really about finding the most lazy way of living because you're trying to do everything when it's, it's, it's optimal time. So you use as little energy as possible. Right. And I often think it's like water. Water doesn't, you know, if, the, if there's a rock there, it just slowly flows over there and finds its way. Yeah. And, that's what you're doing. You're just flowing. And so, he, yeah, everything just feels a lot less, um, he needs a lot less energy. Which I love. I, I personally don't see that as lazy, but just efficient, right? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the lazy's cool too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like you're someone I could just speak with for many, many hours. <laughs> um, I actually don't have a clock near me, but my inner clock is telling me we're kind of um, almost at the hour. Um, so before we wrap up, which resources would you recommend for anybody who wants to learn more about this work? Um, so definitely the two books that I've already mentioned now. Mm-hmm. So Wild, po- Wild Power by Alexandra Pope. Um, and then for the yogic part, um, Yoni Shakti by Umadin Smurtuli. Um, and one teacher, um, author that I think is really brilliant. She doesn't necessarily talk about it in this cycle. Uh, specifically for the menstrual cycle, but there's a lot of the energies behind it and a lot of working with the body, um, is Anadia Judith. Um, she's a yoga teacher and a, and a psychologist, and she's really done a lot of embodying. And I think the menstrual cycle is a lot about embodiment also, right? Mm -hmm. It's like coming back into our bodies. So I think like a lot of things can support this. Um, also, Miranda Gray, she's really been probably the first one um, to to really um, start looking at the menstrual cycle in a different way. So she's always a good to go to um, person. And I mean, I've been amazed to see how many new books mm, are coming up beautiful. on this topic, which is so beautiful. And there's so many things out there like covering maybe more um, the hormonal aspect, like mm-hmm. how can you balance your ho- hormones? Um, Flow Living has their put out really, really great work. Dr. Libby from Australia is also amazing on balancing your hormones, which for many women is also like a piece to incorporate mm-hmm. into um, menstrual cycle awareness. And yeah, and then as I said, like I feel there's many, many different ways that are that are are many different authors um, that are now I'm including you, on this, including me. Yes. <laughs> um, and where can the listeners learn more about you and your work? Yes, so um, you find courses, upcoming courses, workshops um, on my website, which is three rivers dot space. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not so uh, digital <laughs> yet. Um, this is something that Corona has forced me or maybe okay. let me to be more digital. Yeah. Um, so yes, but there you can find all information. And best way really is to sign up for the newsletter. Um, and then you're just always on um, on track of what's happening. However, know that my newsletter is being sent uh, very cyclical, <laughs> so very <laughs> irregular. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you ready for the quick fire round? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite creativity inspiring snack? Oh, chocolate. Okay, I love this because the next question Uh-oh. is going to be very challenging for you. Okay. Chocolate or coffee? Oh, chocolate. I don't drink coffee, so that's easy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I could trick you. (laughs) Do you like drinking tea? Yes. Yes. I love that. 
Yes. Any kinds yes. of tea you like in particular? Or? Um, well, yes, I love green tea, rooibos tea, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's yeah, and, and like any herbal teas. I'm obsessed with herbal teas. I'm yeah. Yeah, it's so cool how there's so many of them, and they each can create different oh. sensations in your body and. Yeah, yeah, like there's such gifts from nature. Yeah, it's amazing. They really are. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? Um in in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Except when it's your Yeah, then it's summer. never. In oh, yeah, summer. then it's always. <laughs> and in winter, it's never. Um, it's funny, as no. I was reading this question, I was like, this is going to take on a whole new meaning now with everything I've learned from you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we also have cycles during the day. So, you know, right. this makes complete sense. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 What kind of music inspires your creativity? Oh, um, I'm really into... Um, I don't even know what the name is, but like more spiritual music. Mm-hmm. Um, so Savior Rod is an all time favorite. I also like, I really enjoy like soft sort of mu- soft music, mm-hmm. which is like little sounds and then different instruments. And mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of invocations also. I really enjoy mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, yeah. What does creativity mean to you? It means life. It means really like blossoming, becoming a flower, like really showing yourself and really, yeah, letting what's somehow inside come to the outside. And and I think for, for, for a long time in my life, I've confused sort of the artistic with the creativity. And I was really bad or, well, at school, these were my worst grades you know, in all the, in like, drawing and music. And and this has left an imprint on me, like, thinking, no, I can't do these things. Um, and this has really also been a reclaiming for me to see, no, I can. I'm just different, you know, and the way I express is how I do. And, yeah, so I now I feel like creativity is everywhere. It's the way I make my to-do list is really creative. Mm-hmm.